This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. This morning, I'm going to start just a little bit different. Um, I'm going to show you a video. Uh, We have a friend of the ministry here. His name's Abner. He's a prophet. He's an amazing man of God. Travels the world and speaks around the world and has such an anointing upon his life. Um, He will come up to you, never known you in his life, lay his hands upon you, and God will speak through him in incredible ways. And so, uh, not this June, but last June, Abner came to the church, and I'm excited to say this upcoming March, we have Abner coming back to the church. He's actually going to come for three nights. We're going to have three nights with him. Really, really excited about the time that we're going to spend with him. But when Abner was here back in that June, he spoke over the church in our old building about where this church was going, what God was speaking over us. And so um, I just felt in my heart that that was the right thing to start out with, with this series, declaring again what God has spoken us over us and where we're going, and uh, we'll kind of talk about that. So go ahead and roll that. And I have put this place here elevate church to elevate this region into the purpose of God and the Lord would say I'm adding grace to this house tonight I'm adding grace to take territory for the kingdom of God I'm adding a deliverance dimension to this ministry as never before so that people would be set free from the power and the works of darkness when they come into this community addiction depression Marriages on the edge of divorce will come into this place and be healed by my power. A healing dimension is being released tonight. Healing of bodies, healing of minds. A worship dimension is being released to this house tonight. There will be nights here, strategic nights of worship and prayer as never before set aside for the purposes of exclusive just encountering my presence, encountering my glory, and empowering my people. But there must be, says the Lord, a taking dimension. You must take territory. There must be an aggressive grace that you move in, aggressive to take the territory, to love people where they're at, because I have put you here, the Lord says, in this hour to take territory as warriors. Listen to my voice. Hear my voice. Speak my voice. And through the words that I give you, literally change the atmosphere and change the region in which you live in. The Lord says you must have a regional effect. You must have a regional taking power. Even as I was on my servant David to take territory, for the kingdom of God. I am upon you to take territory, to overcome, to overthrow. And the Lord says, there will come people, even from an hour, hour and a half away, who many have had experiences in God or have known about God, but they'll come from different expressions and they will come and see what the Lord is doing here and their lives will be transformed and their testimony will be, we did not know God was like this. My kindness will mark you, says the Lord. 
My goodness will mark you, says the Lord. And there is an expanding grace that I want to add to you. Yes, it is my desire to grow you numerically. Thank you, Lord. I saw this during worship. The Lord says, you'll go to 600, then you'll go to 1,200, and then you'll go to 1,500. The Lord says, I want you to build now even as though they've already come. The Lord says, my eyes are towards this house. My eyes are attentive to you in this season. And my ability has been given on your behalf to fulfill every good work that I've called you to fulfill in this season. Thank you, Lord. The African-Americans are coming. They're coming. The Hispanics are coming. The Indians are coming, says the Lord. I have called you to be a multiracial house, a gathering house for the nations, but not just a gathering. The Asians are coming, says the Lord. Not just a gathering house, says the Lord, but a sending place. The Lord says, I, I, see, I see like missions going once a year, twice a year, three times a year, medical missions, crusades. I see bridges being built in other nations. I see other churches being birthed in other nations. They'll come, says the Lord, even some who will come and say the Lord has called us to establish a church like this in other nations. The Lord says there's a great dream that I have for this house. And I have the seed of everything in the DNA of the foundation of this house for everything that I've called you. And there will be an accelerating, increased, accelerating, accelerating grace that's being released in this house in the next three years. There will be the ability to expand, to build, and most importantly, authority to build people as never before. Give it up for Jesus. Isn't he just so good? Come on, get really loud for the Lord. You know, um, the, um, the very last conversation that I had with my mom on, on the earth um, last December. I knew it was the last conversation I was going to have with her. Right before I left, she grabbed me. She said, she said, the Lord gave me this vision. She said, you were standing on the stage, and she said, the Lord told me exactly. He said, there was 1,500 people in there. The exact word that Abner spoke over us, the exact same thing. When I was praying this summer, I said, Lord, what, what is the vision? He said, the vision is 600. I spoke the vision over you. The vision is 600. That's the next step. And we're going to talk about that. 
in the next couple of weeks about as a body, how are we going to go to that place? Because I want to make this abundantly clear from the very, very, very beginning. Me and Jess, we've never been people who really care about numbers a lot. We care about the presence of God. We care about people. We care about relationships. We care about you and your family and your children. We care about those things. But the Lord very, very sternly reminded me this summer that in that number are people and families and children and students and people who desperately need Jesus. Can I get an amen today? And so we're going to talk about that and what the Lord wants us to do. Go with me to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to look at verses, uh, verses 14 through 30 right here. If you've got a Bible, pull it out. If you don't, it's okay. We'll have it on the screen for you. This is Jesus talking. He says this, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money with them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one and two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last, dividing the portions according to their abilities. This is, this is just the reality of the Lord. I want to stop there, but I can't. He then left on his trip. Verse 19, after a long time, the master returned from his trip and called together to give an account of how they had used his money. We'll stop here for just a second. I need us all to understand this. God is in the accounting business, okay? All right? I think that sometimes, you know, we don't look at God in this kind of light or this kind of picture, but God wants to know what we're doing with the talents and the abilities and the grace that he's given on our life. He said he came back to give an account. The servant who he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. He said this, Well done, my good and faithful servant. This is the cry of my heart. I want to see Jesus someday, and I want these words to be spoken over me in front of Jesus. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling small amounts. Now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Aren't you glad that God's a rewarder? He's a good God. He rewards us. He's faithful. Skip down to verse 24. Then he sent to the, then the servant with the one bag of silver came to him and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops where you did not plant, gathering crops where you did not cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. If you knew that I harvest Crops where I did not plant, gather crops where I did not cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank and at least I could have gotten some interest on it? Verse 28, he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has 10 bags of silver. To those who use 
well, what is given to them, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. Okay? What is Jesus saying to us? Jesus is saying this. I expect a return on my investment. Okay? Jesus is making it abundantly clear that he's expecting to receive something back. Okay? Now, I need you to understand this. It's the same thing when God speaks through Abner over our church. Okay? So God speaks. He releases his word. Okay? And when God speaks, what is he doing? He's releasing authority. Okay? He's releasing abundance. He's releasing provision. Okay? So if we go to the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, when God spoke, what happened? When God said, let there be light, authority went out from his voice, and what happened? Light appeared. Okay? There was abundance. There was provision. Okay? So when God speaks... He is speaking his plans. He's releasing his authority. He's releasing authority, grace, and provision, right? So what does God do? He goes, okay, in this spoken word, I'll provide a new home. Praise God for a new home. I'll tell you what, if we were in our old building right now, you would be on the lap of somebody else, okay, right now, all right? You would be sweating head to toe. I would have sweat running down my legs right now. Aren't you thankful for these beautiful black chairs and air conditioning and a great building? Amen, okay? So God releases blessing. He gives us a new building. He brings more people. He's gathering people. He's gathering for what? A great work for his kingdom, okay? Same thing happens in your personal life. God does what? He says, I died for you. I gave my life for you so that you could find salvation in me so that when you die and pass away someday that you can spend eternity with me in heaven. I'll shed my blood upon you to take away your sin. I'll heal. I'll restore. I'll renew. I'll fill your soul. I'll pour love upon you. And Jesus goes, this is my part. You know what I love about it? He did it for us before we even knew we needed it. He chose you before you could even choose him. So Jesus goes, this is my part. But then Jesus goes, hey, I want to return on my investment. God goes, I invested my son, my prized possession, Jesus. I gave my son for you so that you could know me so that you could find life, so that your marriage could get restored, so that you could get out of depression, so that you could find real peace and real joy, so that you could learn how to live in life that's crazy and stressful but still be victorious. He goes, I gave my son, Jesus, for you. And you accept it. He goes, I want to return on my investment. But the question is, what's the return? The return is this. It's just simply people. It's just people. You know, in the last, uh, I think it was 42 days, in the last 42 days, I think I've spent 21 days in Florida, okay? I'm done with Florida, okay, for a while, okay? What is interesting to me about Florida 
is the excess in Florida. I mean, I've seen more Ferraris, Bentleys, Bugattis. I mean, you, I mean, you name it. I've seen it in the last few weeks, okay? And they're beautiful. Beautiful cars. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I saw a Gucci store. I'm like, I got to go. I got to go into the Gucci store. You know what I mean? Like, there's just not Gucci in Liberty Township, Ohio. You know what I mean? So I'm like, got to go into Gucci. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, cool, a Hanes t-shirt with the name Gucci on it for $500. You know what I mean? Like, got to see it, okay? The whole time I'm thinking, can't take any of this. I can't take this jacket. I can't take it. Can't take my house. I can't take my car. I can't take anything except for what? You. That's it. It's the only thing I can take. It's the only thing you can take. It's the only thing we can take into eternity is souls. It's people. And God goes, that's the return. That's what I'm after. I'm after my sons and my daughters. This is what Jesus said in John 21. Go feed my sheep. Go feed my lambs. Go take care of people. Go love people. Go gather people. Bring them home. Bring them home to me. This is what the return is. Jesus goes, I'm going to invest into you, into your family, into your kids. I'm going to invest into this church. But I'm looking for what? I'm looking for a return on my investment. We see the heart of God in Mark chapter 3. I love this passage. Mark chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. And it says this, Jesus went into a synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was a Sabbath, Jesus' enemies were watching him closely. Religious people, religious-minded people, people that are not about relationship with Jesus. If you are looking for religion, you have found the wrong church, okay? We are about relationship, healthy, vibrant, real relationship with Jesus. It says this, if he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Verse 3, Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. He then turned to his critics and asked, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is this a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. Verse 5, he looked at them angrily and was deeply saddened in their hearts. Have you noticed the only time that Jesus was ever angry with anybody was with the religious people? He always had grace. He always had compassion for everyone. But the religious people, he would get frustrated with. Goes on to say this. He said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. So we're going to kind of walk through this passage and learn some things about ourselves we're also going to learn some things about 
what God wants to do in this next season in Elevate Church. Amen? So if you got a phone, you got something, write some notes. Take some things. Write down some things. Point number one is this. Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. So the first question we got to ask ourselves is this. Do I notice people who are deformed? Because Jesus did. And if we're called to be like Jesus, then we need to think and we need to act and we need to respond like Jesus would. Amen? Okay? Let me give an example. Obviously, I was so thankful for Ryan Wonderly, one of our amazing elders, to come up on the stage last week when I was gone and address the issues in El Paso and Dayton right here. There's such a spirit of hate right now in our nation. It's so evil so vile. This is exactly what the enemy will do as the day of the Lord gets closer. He will find new ways to bring death and destruction. So we have to figure out, how would the Lord respond? What, was the, what would be the Lord's viewpoint? I think it's just such a day and an hour that we understand that when it says that man's hand was deformed, I think sometimes we look at the Bible so literally and we're just like, well, I don't know somebody with a deformed hand, you know? Hear what the Lord's saying. We're all deformed. We all got issues. Our world has major issues right now. I'm so thankful for what Abner spoke over our house. It's the cry of my heart. It has been from the day we started. Be a multicultural church. I want every nation on the earth to feel loved, welcomed, that they have a home, they have a place, they're safe. We're not going to treat them any differently. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. See, we got to think. We got to see. We got to be like Jesus. And Jesus noticed that there was a man with a deformed hand. And Jesus was drawn to that man. And if we're going to be like Jesus, if we're going to be the church that God's calling us to be, we're going to have to think like he thinks and we're going to have to see like he sees. Point number two, it says this. Since it was a Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. The second question we got asked is this. Do I care? Right? So I watched this study on Instagram and Facebook. I don't know if you've ever noticed this on Instagram and Facebook, but obviously when you're on Instagram, everything is in this box, and it all has the same look to it. It's the same thing on Facebook. Now, 
What's incredible about Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you can see an amazing moment of joy. You can see amazing moments of people being selfless and helping somebody or believing somebody. You can see incredible moments where somebody has a baby or, you know, the gender is revealed or, or great moments of joy in this life. But in the same box, we can see tragedy. We can see anger. We can see hate. And what's interesting is said that in this study that they're finding that people are becoming more and more numb to their surroundings because we see everything in these same little boxes all the time. And I see joy in that box. I see pain in that box. And eventually, I just constantly see enough of the same thing, and we become what? Just indifferent people. The same thing that's happening in the story. Here's a man with a deformed hand, and we have a bunch of people around him that are completely indifferent to what he needs. They're just kind of numb. Better yet, they're really what? They're more concerned with what? Their tradition, their way of life, how they view the world how they want their world. Can we camp there for a second? Can we just, can we camp there for just a second and declare that, listen, regardless if you like it or not, the world is changing. America is changing. It's going to look different in the next 20 years. And we got to figure out in our hearts, are we going to be indifferent people to people that need Jesus? Are we going to care about people that don't look like us, that don't sound like us, don't act like us, don't have the same value systems as we do? I'm so not interested in a country club church. It's not. Not interested in everybody sounding the same, looking the same, acting the same, being the same. I love culture. I love differences. I love people. I love the nations. That's just the heart of Jesus. That's the heart that God's putting on this house. Because God knew in 2019, there would be a spirit of hate in America. And God knew, I need a house that I can gather in nations. I need a house that I can bring people together. I need a house that will look at the deformed and not shun them, but embrace them. Embrace their depression. Embrace their failures. Embrace their confused thoughts. Embrace them where they're at in this life. Amen? Jesus noticed, cared. But I think a lot of times it's hard. Because we are focused on what? We're focused on that hustle. Okay? I think we're focused on the hustle of what? Comparing. Can I get an amen from anybody in the house? 
man, we're on that comparing hustle. When I'm constantly comparing my life to somebody else's life, and I'm constantly comparing what I have in my car and my home and my trip and my outfit and this and that, when I'm constantly comparing all the time, how in the world could I ever think another thought about somebody else and what they need? Got the spirit of comparison. All of a sudden, life becomes about my life and my kids and my job and my stress and my likes and my dislikes and my home and what's going on with my time and my energy and my money. So I got to fight this comparison in my soul. I'll be honest, I think all of us in this room would be highly embarrassed if we put on the screen what we compare in our souls, you know? Can I, can I just be real for a second? Like, I'm just so sick of the pettiness. Just pettiness. Just pettiness. Like, comparing. Can we just learn to celebrate each other? Can we just learn to be happy for each other? Can we just learn to be like, man, they won, and because they won, man, I won. Because we are a family, we are the body of Christ, we love each other, we're brothers and sisters, and when Ryan wins, I win. Amen? Come on, give it up for Jesus. Point number three is this. Jesus said to the man with the form hand, come and stand in front of everyone. He turned to his critics and asked, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? And then he says this beautiful line. Jesus says, is this a day to save life or destroy it? What a great question. Is today the day to save life or destroy it? But it says that they wouldn't answer him. Listen, the older I get, the more I understand something, that time just flies. It just flies. Turned 39 a couple weeks ago. The other day, Jess called me at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon to remind me that it was our anniversary the other day. I had forgotten. She had forgotten. Life is just so busy. 16 years, though. Come on, give it up for Jesus. 16 years. Years. I was in here praying the other day. And the Lord helped me to do some math in my head and remind me that in 21 years, Benjamin Workmeister, okay? How many know my son Ben, the middle son? The one that, like, in all the pictures has barbecue sauce, like, from ear to ear, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, some of you have been with us and experienced it. It's, like, it's an experience to watch, okay? Watch him eat wings, okay? That kid in 21 years is going to be 30. And that kid will be leading this church. Because let me make this abundantly clear. Until Jesus comes, this church is not ending with me. You get it? I'm going to take these young kids. Come here, Mace. Yeah, come here. 
Listen, I love this girl. Give it up for Macy. I mean, come here. Look at this beautiful girl. I've known her for a long time, and she is becoming so old and so mature and so grown up. She's like a little mommy in her family. She's just managing all these crazy boys all the time, and I love it. love it. But listen, this church is hers someday. And my insecurities and my ego is not going to get in the way. We're going to raise this church up to hand it off to the next generation. Amen? We're going to raise a house for the next generation. Listen, this girl, she's like taking piano lessons right now. I know she can sing. I can't wait till she's leading worship on this stage. Amen? Love you. Love you. This is what this is about. So what does that mean? I've had this moment where I'm like, okay, I got, I got 21 years to do what? 21 years to declare it's a day for Jesus to heal. It's a day for life. It's a day for resurrection. It's a day to see what God can do. It's a day to declare the word of God and go, there is nothing impossible in Jesus. No matter what you're facing, we believe that God is for you. He's not against you, and that he will heal, and he will restore, and he will renew. Amen? So we have a great plan. Starting after today, we have 143 days to the first of the year. Somebody do the math on that on Christmas. I mean, that's, that's really what we're all thinking about. Like, oh, my gosh, it's Christmas. We got to buy Christmas presents. 143 days. To what? To save lives for Jesus. Right? Yes, the church is going to move into the next year. Praise God, we're going to go into 2020. We got 143 days left of 2019 to do what? To save lives for Jesus. To reach people for Jesus. So we're going to talk about that real quick. What are we going to do? Well, first we're going to start with this thing on September 8th. We're starting this series called 123. I'm into numbers right now. Really into numbers. We're going to do a series called 123. We're going to have from September 8th to the first year is 123 days. Okay? And we all know what happens. We all have these great plans in our hearts of what we're going to change on January 1st, you know? Like, we're going to change our lives, you know? Everything's a new year, a new chapter, you know? Praise God, you know? No, like, listen. No, we're not going to wait to the first of the year. We're going to take the 123 days that we have, and we're going to change our lives now. So, hey, go play that video real quick. I'm going to sit down. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win. Twelve, eleven, ten, nine. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 
up for Pastor Matt for making an amazing, amazing video. So this is what we're doing, September 8th. We're starting this brand new series called 123. We are going to transform the sanctuary. There's going to be new stuff on the stage. There's going to be stuff on the back wall. We're going to build a bookstore out in the lobby so that we can connect resources with every single week we talk about. We're going to take that video. We're going to take graphics. We're going to promote it like crazy on Facebook and Instagram. We're going to invite the entire world. And what we're going to do is this. We're going to talk about things like offense. We're going to talk about things of marriage. We're going to talk about things of fear. We're going to talk about things of like feeling like I don't know if I believe or if I do believe. We're going to talk about things like optimism. We're going to talk about things like our roller coaster relationship with Jesus. We're going to talk about things that you're going through and people you know are going through. And they need answers. They need answers to their broken marriage. They need answers to the fear that has overtaken their lives. They need answers of why they've, you know, found themselves in a place of utter disappointment in life. They need answers. And so we're going to have a great series, and we're going to take the Word of God. And you know what I love about the Word of God is this. You can take the Word of God, and you can change how it looks and how it feels, but the Word of God is the Word of God, and it always has power, and it has strength to overcome in this life. Amen? We're going to do, we're, it's going to be incredible. I mean, it, I mean, the first, the first Sunday, we got a, a snow cone guy coming on the first Sunday. I mean, give it up for snow cones in Jesus' name. I mean, it's going to be amazing. This fall, we have two encounters. We're going to worship the Lord, just like Abner said. There's amazing moments where we just invite the presence of God in and we just worship and we don't care about time and we just let God do what he wants to do. We're going to do Fall Fest this fall. Listen, Fall Fest is going to be amazing. We're going to have we're going to have a petting zoo this year at Fall Fest. Who doesn't like like farm animals and petting farm animals, okay? I mean, seriously, we're having, a, we're having a petting zoo. We're going to have bounce houses. We're going to have inflatables. We're going to have Josh is going to be on his big tractor with, with his cowboy boots and taking hay rods. It's going to be amazing, incredible. Listen, we're launching this brand new thing called Sisterhood. Give it up for Sisterhood. They're having, listen, they're having a 90s party here in a couple weeks. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, we're having our first ever women's conference this fall in November. Come on, ladies. This whole building's going to be, listen, Jess has sanctuary is going to look fun. She's got this idea, like, the foyer's going to look different. The sanctuary's going to look different. They're going to have an amazing night of worship and God. And then afterwards, they're going to party. All the women are going to party, and they're going to kick all the men out. You know what I mean? It's going to be awesome. We're going to have great youth services. Matt is doing, give it up for Pastor Matt. Give it up for, pa- give it up for Pastor Levi. Listen, your kids are having water wars right now. They're going to be after service being like, it was awesome. We threw water balloons at each other. You know what I mean? Jesus is cool. You know? Listen, Pastor Matt's doing an amazing job. I mean, tonight, he's got a great service. Afterwards, they're having tribe wars. They split everybody up, and they're having these crazy games and crazy wars. Matt's having an awesome youth retreat this, uh, what, in end of October? For, huh? 
November 8th. I mean, it's going to be incredible. We are relaunching dinner parties. Give it up for dinner parties, everybody. Build family. Pray for people. Love each other. We're going to have a Christmas program this year. I mean, a Christmas program. We might have a live animal in here, okay? All right? I'm just saying, like, we're doing Christmas program. We're, listen, we're going to do music. We're going to do song. We're going to do video. We're going to do drama. We're going to tell the story of Jesus. We're going to have Christmas month. I'm serious. Listen, I don't know if you like Christmas, but I love Christmas, okay? We're have a whole month dedicated. I mean, every weekend, special things. Why are we doing this? Because Jesus said, go fish. Go fish. Go fish for people. Bring them in. And when they come in, give them life. Don't give them religion. Give them life. Give them the Holy Spirit. Give them the word of God. Give them help. Help them find victory in this life. Let's go fish. Let's go gather. Let's have life for them to find when they come to Elevate Church. Amen? We want to bring life to you, your family, your friends. We want you to invite. Invite the world. Let me ask this. How many of you have a favorite restaurant? Yeah, all of you are lying, okay? Some of you are like, well, it's a restaurant. We don't have restaurants. I've never been to a restaurant before. Favorite restaurant, raise your hand, real loud. Yeah, good. All right, how about a vacation spot? You're like, yes, I got to, yes, praise God for vacation spots, okay? All right, listen. All right, so like a year ago, Jason's not here today, but Jason and his beautiful wife, they took me and Jess to this restaurant called Tony's. I don't know if you've ever been to Tony's, okay? It's a steak restaurant, okay? Steak was good, the food was good, but when it all got done, my favorite part came the dessert. Can I get an amen for dessert from anybody, okay? And they were like, what do you want? And I'm like, I'm going to try this carrot cake. And they brought out this carrot cake, and I mean, I swore it was bigger than a bunny, okay? I mean, it was just, it was just huge, okay? And I, I took one bite of that carrot cake, and I was just like, oh, you know what I mean? Just like, just knocked down, you know, like, it's over, like, this is the best carrot cake I've ever ate in my life. Just a couple weeks ago, we ate at this restaurant called the Grand Lux Cafe down in Florida, okay? They have this thing called braised pot roast. Can I get an amen for that from somebody? It melted. I mean, like, I was just like, it was like drinking meat. You know what I mean? Like, when you can drink meat. Woo, it is a good day in Jesus' name, okay? Listen, we all have our favorite place. Listen, Katie, Shannon, okay, talk about favorite food. Who doesn't like Rice Krispies? I mean, Rice Krispies are about the greatest thing ever. Katie, Shannon brought Rice Krispies with Fruity Pebbles at the bottom of the Rice Krispies the other day. I was like, my mind just went, you know, and just, just crazy. One of the greatest things I've ever tasted in my life. What? You're like, where are we going with this? Listen, when you love something, you tell everybody. Amen? 
You tell everybody about your favorite restaurant. You tell everybody about your favorite vacation spot. You tell everybody about that favorite food. I mean, like, KC, man, fried rice, bro. I mean, I mean, I just, listen, dude, you've been hyping it up for like six months. I haven't tasted it yet, but you've told me about it. I mean, it's got to be a Sunday. I got to get an invite one of these Sundays, you know what I mean? But you tell everybody, right? Let's tell everybody about Jesus. Let's tell everybody about Elevate. Let's tell everybody about Fall Fest. Let's tell everybody about 123. Let's tell everybody. I mean, everybody. We're going to have these cards for you to invite people. Invite everybody. Invite the guy at Burger King. Right? People are looking for answers in this life. And we need to be the answer for people to find life and hope in Jesus. Last point is this. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Jesus said this. He looked at them angrily and was deeply saddened for their hardened hearts. Revelations chapter 2, verse 2. Jesus is talking to a church, church of Ephesus. This is what he says. I know the things you do. I've seen your hard work. I've seen your patient endurance. And I know you don't tolerate evil people. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you first did. Another version says this. You've abandoned your passionate love for me. I want to put up this picture. Hey, Bernie, can you do me a favor? Can you stand up and let everybody see your beautiful face? Everybody say, hi, Bernie. Give it up for Bernie. She's amazing. Can you sit down? I saw this picture a few weeks ago. It just melted my heart. And so I had to figure out how young is Bernie? She's got to be young, I thought. She's, I mean, she's got to be young and full of life. She's serving in the nursery, helping our children. She's got to be young. And I found out that Bernie is 71 years young. Can you give it up for Bernie, everybody? about Bernie? She's still in love with Jesus. You know why? Because when you're in love with Jesus, you love like Jesus does. This happens all the time in church. We're just in the pattern of going to church. 
we lose our love, just our passion for Jesus. And when we lose our passion for Jesus, we lose our passion for people. See, at the very end, Jesus goes, put out your hand. And the man with the withered hand puts out his hand, and his hand is healed. See, when you're in love with Jesus, you have compassion like Jesus has compassion. You know what compassion is? It's passion in action. Like that? Passion in action. So what is the Lord saying? He's saying, I need some people. I need elevate church people to have passion for me and put it into action. Put that picture back up. I mean, put it back up. This is, this is passion in action. Bernie could go, you know what? I'm just way too young to be serving in kids ministry. She goes, no. I love Jesus. And little, little, little beautiful children need Bernie. Amen. Listen, we always need more people. We always need more leaders. We got a next class coming up in a few weeks. It's how you find out about who we are as a church, where we started, how you get involved. I encourage you, sign up. Be a part of what God's doing. We're about to take off. But we need to ask ourselves these questions. I want you to write these down real quick. Three questions. Number one is this, am I in love with Jesus? Number one, am I in love with Jesus? Number two, have I become indifferent towards people? Has my heart got hard towards people? And the third one is this, am I willing to use my time, my talent, and my treasure? finance to help Jesus help people with withered hands am I willing to take my time my talent and my treasure to help people find Jesus so this is what we're going to do to end and I know I only got a couple minutes when me and Jess we're on vacation, we had this talk one night. We were in the pool and like, it was just like everybody left and we were in this pool literally, I think for like five hours, there was nobody. And we talked about our life and our kids and we talked about the church and the next season and how how we were gonna get to 600. Cause you gotta understand like, like just cause we're on vacation, like this is who we are. 
this is us. Like, Elevate Church is us. It never ends. Like, it is us. We are so passionate about people finding Jesus. And we were talking about, how do we get to 600? We kept coming back, and we've been coming back, and we keep coming back. We keep coming back to this place where we're like, you know what? We need help in this one area. And the area is this. It's administration. I've never in my life declared that I'm an administrative genius, okay? You know what great leaders do? They know their strengths and they know their weaknesses. Any great company, any great business, any great thing knows their strengths and their weaknesses. And I know my strengths and I'm perfectly okay with my strengths and I'm good with who I am and I'm okay with who God's made me. But you know what I need? Me and Jess, the staff, the church, we need help with administrative stuff. So a few years ago when we were back in the old building, the tiny teen center, God sent this amazing couple. We recognized from the beginning that they took their time, their talent, and their treasure and sowed it into the kingdom of God. And a long time ago, the Lord told me, they're going to help you. He said, they're going to help you go to the next level. So, I'm going to have Drew and Farah Keller come up. Would you guys come on up? And Drew and Farah are in this incredible season of life. So we, we go on our vacation, okay? And we come back. The day we come back, we go to lunch with them, okay? And can, mind to say, they have four children under four, okay? And we're at lunch with them, and Farah says these words to me. She said, okay, what's the next project that you have for us because we're bored? I was like, you're bored? You have four children under four. You're drowning. You're not bored. And she goes, no, no, no. No, we're, we're ready. We're ready for this next season. And Drew and Farah have done amazing things. They got out of debt a long time ago. They paid off their house a long time ago. Drew's in the position and probably 10 years that he'll retire early. He's done things financially right. And because of that, they're in a position where they've been able to help elevate church in such amazing, incredible ways. Now listen, I understand this, okay? I'm Pastor Jeff, like I'm the jolly bear, right? I'm just the jolly guy It's like, hey, I love you. But then there's times that we need people to go, hey, we need to stay focused. We need to do this. We gotta like, hey, Pastor Jeff, I know that you love the worship song, but there's like graphics and there's like lyrics and there's things that have to be bought. And like Pastor Jeff wants a petting zoo. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yes, animals in Jesus' name. Like, I wanna see children running around with animals. I get all excited about that, okay? But I need somebody to help me pull it together. Amen? I need somebody to take care of some stuff so that I can do what? So I can pray, so I can prepare, so I can go to hospital visits, so I can love people, go out to dinner with people, 
so I can focus on what? Being the leader and the pastor of this house. Amen? Me and Justin made a decision a long time ago that we were going to honor the people that God put us over, that God put over us. And we, we knew that someday if we honored those people, God would send us people that would honor us. You know, my favorite thing about Drew and Farah is this. They have zero agenda. And I know I just said that really authoritatively, but I want it to be known. They have zero agenda. I have vetted them for the last three years. All they desire is for the kingdom of God to go forward. All they desire is for me and Jess to be blessed. All they desire is for Elevate Church to move into the next season that God has for us. Amen? They're about the kingdom of God. And so, Drew and Farah, beautifully, not financially, we're not paying them a cent, but they're coming into a new season to help us administratively. They're going to help us with, yes, give it up for Drew and Farah. I mean, just, they're going to help us with volunteers. All the department heads are going to be the same, but they're going to help us with volunteers. They're going to help Pastor Jeff figure out, like, why do we have a thousand weeds and like we're going to have somebody else take care of them other than Pastor Jeff in Jesus' name? They're going to help us with daily administration. It's a lot that happens. I know we just like go, oh, the lights are pretty. Well, you got to actually program the lights. There's a lot that happens on a weekly basis. So I want us to do this. Why don't you stand up? Jess, why don't you come on up here? Here, come on over. We're going to pray over them. Amen. And listen, I want you to pray. They're taking their time, their talent, and their treasure, and they're sowing it into this ministry. They got four kids under four. They need grace. They need strength. They need wisdom. Amen. Come on, stretch out your hand. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this next season of Elevate Church. We praise you, we honor you, we glorify you for all that you've done. But we thank you for every man, woman, child, student, individual, couple that's about to come to Elevate Church. We're so excited to meet them. We're so excited to meet them with your love and your grace. And we thank you, Father, for Drew and Pharaoh. We thank you for their gifts. We thank you for their talents. We thank you for their wisdom. We thank you for their organizational we thank you, God, for placing them here at this very moment, in this very time, for this, for this season we're going into. And I pray, God, that you fill them with wisdom. Fill them with understanding. Fill them with your heart. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would dote over them, that you would breathe over them. Holy Spirit, you'd fill them with your thoughts and your mind and your desire and your heart as it relates to Elevate Church, Lord. 
Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you bless them, you would favor them, that you would increase their territory. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would give them energy and stamina and grace, mental capability to run the pace that you've called them to run, Lord. Father, we thank you, God, for them. We bless them. We favor them. We thank you, God, for this great season. Jesus' name, why don't you grab a hand next to you? Let's pray for this next season. Lord, we dedicate the next 143 days to your purposes and plans. We thank you, God, that we are stepping into a new season, a new realm, a new time. Father, we take this season so serious. We thank you, God, for choosing us at this moment in time in history to be a house that gathers the nations, a house that gathers families, a house that gathers people for your glory. Father, I pray, God, you fill us with your passion. Fill us with your passion. Fill us with your heart for people. Father, I pray you break our hearts for people in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to see, to hear, to understand the way you want us to as it relates to people. Lord, help us to invest in the people, to love people, to invite people, to bring them into the family. God, we declare that this is the day and the hour for you, Jesus. It's a time for life. It's a time for healing. It's a time to refresh. It's a time to renew. It's a time for victory for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. We thank you for choosing us to serve you and to honor you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And everybody agrees, said, give it up for Jesus. Isn't he so wildly good? Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.